and welcome to Native Stories. Native Stories exists to share the voices of those connected to the land. Aloha mai kako. You are listening to Native Stories podcast. Mahalo for listening in. Ovao o nanea loko inoa no papaklea oahu maiau noho ao ma kaimuki. I'm Nanea Lo from Papakulea Oahu, now living in Kaimuki. And today we have Ali'i Noeao Loa, Ali'i Paul K. Neves from the Royal Order of Kamehameha I, Velina Mai E. Paul Neves. Um, this is another episode of what I call the Mauna series, where we're here live on Mokokeaave or Hawaii Island at Pu'uhonua or Pu'uhuluhulu, holding space in solidarity with the Kia'i and the protectors of Mauna Awakea, a sacred mountain in the peaceful protest against the 30 meter telescope that has been granted access to built. Um, Mauna Kea is also the largest mountain in the world. So I'm going to give the mic over to Ali'i Noeao Loa, Ali'i Paul K. Neves, um, to introduce himself. Aloha, this is Ali'i Paul K. Neves, Knights Grand Cross Knight of the Royal Order of Kamehameha I. Welcome. So, we brought you here today because we wanted to learn more about the Royal Order of Kamehameha. And so, we know that they you all play a big role in securing the Pu'uhonua. And um, first off, we wanna want you to kind of explain the history of it um, so that it could give our listeners a more insight on actually what a royal order is. So a royal order is what it means. It's from the royal house and it's an order. It's not a directive, it's not a suggestion. It's an order. We give you an order, you follow it. The Royal Order of Kamehameha the First was created by His Majesty Kamehameha V, Kapuaiva. In on April eleventh, eighteen sixty-five, Kapuaiva, Kamehameha V, um, gave this royal decree to create the Royal Order of Kamehameha the First for this purpose. And is this is basically it's a long decree, but this is the basics of the decree to instill patriotism and loyalty amongst our subjects, and to render honors upon our subjects and foreigners, um, acknowledgement for services rendered to the kingdom of Hawaii or the Hawaiian or the Hawaiian kingdom. That's basically what we're supposed to do. So we're supposed to um, help our people always be patriotic, all about loyalty. This was 1865 now, to, to honor those foreigners that do things for us, for our Hawaiian kingdom, and for our people. When they stand up and do things, we give them acknowledgement, honor and that's um, basically what this is we are an institution of the Hawaiian kingdom and the only institution still in existence from the kingdom it's time not after the kingdom but from the kingdom Kamehameha V was very very uh, concerned with keeping the independence of Hawaii so his constitution as is known historically as one of the strongest and um, independent 
like um, uh, constitutions that we had. He perceived that without a great big army, a great big population, that there had to be a different way which Hawaii would keep its independence in the United in the world. And so the Royal Order of Kamehameha was a way of diplomatic carriage of the kingdom. So members of the Royal Order of Kamehameha, the first included the Emperor of Japan, Kaiser Wilhelm of Germany, the Tsar of Russia, the King of Italy, the King of the Queen of England. You know, all of these um, national people or monarchs were in that time the leaders of their country. So it'd be like if we had this today, the president of so-and-so or the president of the United States. They all became members of the Royal Order of Kamehameha. So it tied the monarchs and it gave us a diplomatic footing with countries that were not monarchical. That is so interesting. I, Yeah, I've never really known much about the royal orders to begin with. Um, so thank you for telling um, us about that. And so how are you all connected to Mauna Awa Kea? Well, I was the Ali'i Moku for, the, for this island. Ali'i Moku was the ruling chief in 1996. At that time, we had been going through a lot of hearings, 90% against any more development of Mauna Kea telescopes. I was, um, I was asked by my brothers in the Royal Order here in Hilo if we could take a stand. When I brought that up to the higher chiefs, they said, absolutely, it's within your moku. You know, go and see what this this uh, problem or this event is about. So I sent a my polua, my father, my second father, um, Ali Genesis Leloy, sent him on a mission to go to the um, University of Hawaii hearings and to announce that we are very concerned about development on Mauna Kea because the land belongs to the Hawaiian people legally, and we would like to know, um, just show our concern. We're not against telescope at that time, or nor were we, you know, for them, of course. And um, he went up to try to present himself, and he was gaveled. At that time, they'd only let you speak for two or three minutes. And he tried again, and they gaveled him again, and the crowd, knowing him as a kupuna, longtime Hilo resident, got very upset. He held his ground and with very wonderful dignity, he, um, he finally got to say what he said. But he came home and he told me about the incident, back to home to the, to the order and to tell me about the incident. And uh, at that time we said, um, uh, there'll be no more of that. You will respect the Royal Order of Kamehameha. And we knew that if they didn't respect the Royal Order of Kamehameha, they wouldn't respect our people because, uh, you know, uh, they'll say they like us, our people. They love us when we go along with what they want. But the minute the Hawaiian people say no to something, we're labeled protesters, anarchists, whatever you want to call it. 
every 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 um, word of the book. So we decided in 1996 to begin taking part in protecting or preserving Mauna Kea. Um, and mostly because, you know, we're Ali's. And Ali's means servant or resource managers with a holy, um, a dab of holiness. And we're supposed to go and it's a great honor to present the gifts or the whole kupu, the desires of the, of the people and raise them up and present them at the highest and most sacred place in the world, which is the top of Mauna Kea. And we thought we need to take back our role. The people want to, they want to worship, they want to honor, they want to preserve, they want to protect and their desires of their families and then putting together their families. We thought that this was really important that we put ourselves back in that protocol where we, where we belong on a regular basis. We, we, we still did it, but not on a regular basis. So at every um, two equinox and every two solstice of the year, we have a planned journey that we plan to go to the summit. Those are the, the, the Polo Kiva ceremony, uh, which is um, just basically acknowledging the longest day, the shortest day, and the equinox when everything has an equivalence. And it's very important for us to do that. And we go up on other times when the people are in need or we are in need to pray. That is so interesting, Mahalo, for sharing that. Um, so also, how are, were you guys involved in um, what happened in 2015 and you guys are involved in 2019? Can you share a little bit about that? Sure, uh, Nanea, thank you. We were involved right away from 98, 97, 98, building other things. Uh, we were in court. And then we decided not to be in court, but to be with the people in, in any way we can. In 2015, this movement, well, you know, I have to say, I have to acknowledge that it's a movement. And where does this movement come from? In my analysis, back in the 80s, back in the 90s, young Hawaiian children were coming and we were fighting for them to have the language, to fund the language. We were fighting for them to have real cultural uh, study. We were fighting them to, to have uh, truth-telling in their education. What was the overthrow? No, we did not ask the United States to come here. So as a result of that renaissance of education, that's the movement that we see today. There's more than that speak the language, know lots of the culture, know the political truth. But there's one thing that's missing, and that's their spiritual setting, of which we all have as Hawaiians. No matter what religion, Christian religion we belong to, it never erased our na'au, our spiritual akua. Ah is the fire, kua is your back, that which inspires you. And, and when you see the beautiful things that are happening up here at Puhulu Hulu, 
That's because of the inspiration of the Akua. That's not because of Paul Nevis. It's not because of the Order Kamehameha. It's not because of uh, young people per se. It's because Akua is speaking to this generation that now can accept that Kuleana. We were not ready as a people to accept that Kuleana because we were still thinking some kind of political jostling is going to work it out. Never did. In 1993, we formed the march at the palace, the 100th anniversary, to commemorate the overthrow. We knew it. There was a hurt in our, in our being. It was not going to... And right after that, if you remember, all kinds of people tried to get us to join organizations to sign our name. All kinds. We got into great infighting politically. And I think that was on purpose because I think they didn't realize that what we really was going to move this was a spiritual renaissance among the white people. And that's what's happening. And those things cannot be jailed. They cannot be arrested. They cannot be ripped out of pages of books. A spiritual awakening is an inspiration that moves mountains. It actually does. So 2015, we stood with them. We went up and we, we the Royal Order of Kamehameha, our Ali Nui, said to them, you stay to this idea of Aloha we will support you. But we do not want, we want it peaceful. They, in return, came back and their answer was Kapu Aloha which to me is a Hawaiian saying that will be spoken throughout the ages, just like Aloha Aina, just like Onipa'a, just like Kulia Kanu'u. It will be spent for ages. People will say, Kapu Aloha. I was there. I breathed Kapu Aloha. I followed Kapu Aloha. I know the chanter, that chanter, or this chanter, or that order, or the people, what we did when we called forth aloha not aloha like we do with tourists this is aloha with a spiritual a, a, a task a sacred task is attached to aloha which it always should have been it always should have been but you know hard to explain love hard to explain how we feel now we need to show how we feel and we're showing it so when 2015 happened, uh, it was quite a mess up on the mountain. People were getting arrested, and we supported them. After that 2015, they, they dug in at Alipuaku, uh, the young people. I personally took the governor up the road. You got to see this, governor. You got you to gotta be witness to this. I told him, you know, you should be proud of these young people because they are the result of your education. You're finally teaching the right education. Did you think things are going to be the same if the Hawaiians know the truth? And I said, you should honor these kids. Two weeks later, he arrested them. And that was enough. You don't honor people by arresting them. You honor people by listening to them. So it means he didn't really pray. He didn't really listen. 
You were just trying to find out how you could put this monster on the Hawaiian people's heart and how you could be nice to them while you did it. As Mayor Kim says, when you crush the Hawaiian people, learn to crush them softly. Wow. There's so much history there that I like did not even know. Um, so I know that you guys were instrumental in establish establishing the Pu'u Honua, and that's why you guys are at the Pu'u Honua every day. Can you talk about how that came about? Yeah. Well, quite frankly, there were still court challenges to be looked at, bonding issues and other issues, water issues. But the state went ahead and said, you can start construction. After the worst Supreme Court hearing, uh, or, or the worst Supreme, Supreme, Hawaii Supreme Court decision that Hawaii has ever had, it was horrible. But they'll not have the last word. So when they said they're going to move, we all knew that this was gonna to come to time that we're gonna to have to move. Everybody was gonna to have to move. We we're gonna to have to move. They're, they're gonna bring those bulldozer up and start digging into this mountain for the next 10 years, pouring concrete five stories deep and making a building 18 stories tall and football fields wide. If you put this in Waikiki, you would have a rebellion but no, let's put it in Hawaii's most sacred spot, acknowledged as the most sacred spot by National Geographic magazine and the whole world, you know, so that they could go see the Big Bang. No. So anyway, um, we heard they're moving. And so um, Huli, an organization called Huli, of uh, which... Uh, some some of the movement people belong to, contacted the Kalaimoku of the Royal Order Kamehameha, the second in command to the Alinui, and told him, would the Royal Order Kamehameha create a Puahonua, a place of refuge, because our people are going to stop this thing. And if they're going to be up there, they need a place where they can be protected protect our people, to keep them safe. And we said, yes, that's what we'll do. So the Pu'onua was marked out on the 13th, I believe, of July. And um, the camp was on both in the Pu'onua and outside on, uh, across the street where, where we're talking. This was very important because we had not had a move to create a Pu'onua in some time, although Bumpy uh, Kanehele in uh, Waimanalo uh, refers to their, their place as a Puonua, and that's my kai. But this was a Puonua to support an action, mm. and an action that is a worldwide uh, event. It's not just for Hawaii, but um, this is like. Mauna Kea is so important to the Hawaiian people. If this 
is allowed to happen. I don't think the Hawaiian people are going to be able to survive it. I don't think so. I think everything that we are as a people and everything we know we can be as a people, everything our kupunas taught us and every great accomplishment, both of the ali'i and our people, outstanding accomplishments in all fields of life, it's, it's going to end. Because the narrative that this is our place of creation will have been changed by scientists and whatever saying, oh, well, you know, that's just all that Stone Age stuff. No, I'm not looking at dead bones. I'm looking at live people right now practicing their chants, you know, on a Wednesday afternoon, a work day for many, in a camp where they're all I look at is cars and flags on both sides of the road. I don't think so. This is not a hit and miss situation. This is a live or die situation. And we intend to live. So I know, um, can you tell our listeners kind of the everyday function since you guys established? Uh, that we do? Yeah, you guys do? Well, basically, we stand in front of the Pu'ohonua, and we continually welcome people into the Pu'ohonua. They walk back and forth between the main uh, stage, if you want to say that, uh, at the road uh, closure area, and, and they come across. We call it the kupuna tent sometimes, and they go across, and then when they come over to the Pu'ohonua's to come to eat, and some of them stay there, the medical um, uh, facilities are there with the with the doctors and the nurses. Um, there are the Pu'uhulu University inside the Pu'onua also, where it teaches on varieties of subjects to to help our people to understand more about themselves and why we are here. Um, and we just hold space. We hold a space that that is the dignity of our people. The Royal Order of Kamehameha believes the Hawaiian Kingdom exists. And how does it exist? On paper? In history books? No, it exists because we exist. And we're an institution of that Hawaiian Kingdom. And we never surrendered. We went underground, but we came and we resurfaced again. But we never extinguished or stopped thinking how we think, that someday, like the Queen said, until such time as the United States sees the error, sees their own error, until they recognize it, because they see the error, they've even apologized for it, but they haven't recognized what they're going to do about it, and what they need to recognize is that the white nation still exists. I like how you points out that our mindsets of knowing that we are still a nation still exists and I, be I believe that there is a reclaiming of that in this space that 
you're you are like the king the royal order of king kamehameha is helping to solidify that presence as you all continue to hold space here and even kind of getting folks reacquainted what that we do have older laws that have been in place and institutions like the royal order that have been here since before america even existed um so how many hundred like how many hundreds of years do you know the exact years that you guys have been established well the ali tradition is maybe more than a thousand years old the ali that tradition yeah ali is servant Sometimes people look at Ali's and they think crowns and medals. No, Ali is is like servant. They're resource managers with that with that bend to it. You know, we've survived. We've we've survived, and actually, had we not gone underground, we would have been annihilated. I want to I want to speak about about occupation. Okay. January 16, 17, 1893. Okay, my grandfather was one year old. My grandfather, he was born in, he was born in the kingdom, 1892. So he didn't really recognize what was going on. But his parents, his parents, my great-grandfather and great-grandmother, they were in their 20s. They were in their 30s. They were in Kalaupapa. News didn't get to Kalaupapa for some time couple of days. Now, can you imagine how they felt when their flag was dropped, taken down? And American flags were raised. Why is that flag up there? That flag's up there because they're in control, not you. Well, what happened to the government? It's been disbanded. What? There are United States Marines. Their warship is in Pearl Harbor. They have landed and taken over the kingdom. What happened to the queen? She's been jailed. Wow. Wow. How would the state of Hawaii feel right now? Right now. A coup d'etat happens. The American flag is dropped. The Japanese flag is raised. Yeah, very close. They're getting close. Japanese flag is raised. And they're told that no longer the president of the United States or the state of Hawaii does no longer exist. But the provisional government of the Hawaiian Japan government is now in control. You will follow these things. If you are a policeman and have a firearm, you will turn them down. If you speak in Hawaiian, you will now take, find at the, your schools, the Japanese book to begin to read Japanese. All laws, all land are in the hands of the Japanese government. This happened to us. That cruelty, that severity, that psychosis or whatever, that's in our people. They had to live. The, that first generation, my grandfather, 1916, he had to sign up for the First World War because it was required of all residents of the territory. Wow. Now, his father, who's still alive, is saying, our country was neutral. We didn't shoot at anybody. We didn't kill anybody. Now my son has to sign up to go kill Germans? 
Germans? What for? You know, or, 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 or whatever the case may be. Again, you know, then you can't speak your language. Illegal, not because they won't teach it to you, because they're saying you will not speak it. This is a horrible. This is, you know, ethnic genocide, right? Subsequently, subsequently, well, you know, if you have a Hawaiian name, don't get rid of it. Hawaiian name is not going to get you any. That's why my name is Paul Kevin Nevis. Because my mother was under such pressure not to give a Hawaiian name. Because even that was dirty. What if you told the Japanese, don't give your children Japanese names? Because that's dirty. You won't get anywhere. Wow. Will Smith, you better be something else. Because white names, you're going to be dirty. You know. This occupation, as you know, it stresses us. We, we follow its music. Oh, the whole thing. The whole thing. Especially what is right and what is wrong. Is told to us in a different way. Right? So, everything about the occupation has put us and tried to tear us apart and pit ourselves against each other. We at Puuhulu recognize that our people are coming up, some of them broken. Some of them are coming up uneducated. Some of them are coming up without mothers or fathers or their, or their last names that they can remember are legitimate. Some of them are coming up so angry that they have been denied their rights on their own land and the land of their mothers and mothers and mothers and mothers and forefathers from time immemorial. And here we are, the Lahui, still trying to stand up and honor our traditions, yet we know we, if we don't put our kanaka back together again, we'll have done nothing. That's why we ourselves that know that, that he, you that hear this, I that say this, Listen, if we don't lead the broken parts of our culture that was not broken on our, because of us, it was broken because of the colonizer, those broken parts will break us. We will not have the strength to stand unless we include them, we love them, we make them our own, as they always were. We become the uncle, the auntie to the, the one that has no parents. We become the, the judge that has a heart. We become the minister that thinks beyond his own uh, parsonage. Until we become the people we were meant to be, the nation will stand in influx. And we cannot do influx anymore. I love that. I love that you're kind of putting a kahea out there pretty much and telling our people that here, now is kind of the time that we need to band together and get in there and fight the good fight. Um, you know, okay, yeah, come, okay, yeah, come yeah. Now's the time. I've seen the movement for many years. I worked, was a lieutenant governor for Kalahui, Hawaii in 1986. 
I've seen it come. I've seen how the system of the state of Hawaii and the United States has divided us. Every time we almost got it together, somebody comes to throw a wrench. No more. No more. No more wrenches. We don't need their way of fixing anything. We need our cultural way to fix ourselves. Yep. And that's why in all the interviews, everyone's saying, if you want to see it to believe it, come to Pu'uhonua or Pu'uhuluhulu. Basically what happened was the, the, the state of Hawaii um, gave them permission to move, to begin construction. Despite having legal challenges, despite not having a bonding, uh, the bonding of the project. You know, we on the Big Island, we have to pay for rail. We'll never ride it. We'll never see it. We never were part of the debate. The people on Oahu, if they don't build this thing and it falls apart halfway through, you're going to pay for it. <laughs> That's what happened with rail. This is what will happen with this. They don't have the money to cover the project. But the state of Hawaii, you know, when we say we're stop trying to stop telescopes, it's not the telescopes particular. It's the state and the United and the university, their lawyers. The DLNR is all for the project. Why is that? Hawaiian Homes all for the project. Why is that? The government, the legislature, the executive, they're all for the project. We are the people with the land, we own the land, and we have to fight all of those entities and listen to them say, oh, we took a poll and you want it. You know, come on, this is, this is, what? You know, um, look at this camp. Look at this camp, they all wanted it. Who are you asking? The right holders or the stakeholders? The right holders are the people that have their name, name on the title. The stakeholders are France, I mean, excuse me, Canada, India, Red China, United States through California, and Japan. How did they become right holders? Unless the state is telling us that they are the right holders, not the Hawaiian people. Right, so it's the great giveaway, also for a dollar a year. And I just wanted to make clear, they all say 13 telescopes, but they have these things up there that they've added. Yeah, they call them arrays. Yeah, so they actually have like in the low 20s telescopes. But they say, oh, it's not a canopy. When you see them, they're arrays. They, 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 um, they, they do light. They do light. So they got all kinds of stuff up there besides. In 1968, when they put up that the first telescope, and it's only as big as maybe four of the cars that I'm sitting in. That's how big the telescope was. And our kupuna said, what do you want to look at? Why do you want to do this? We just want to look at the stars. The university wants to look at the stars. That's all you want. Yeah. Well, you got to get out, right? Um, I think it was 65 years. Pow. You get 65 years, look. You're out of here. 2033. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything now. Not just the can on the top. Everything you dug down and put in. And they did. 
They didn't have protests. Arkupuna didn't have protests in 70. But they did say, we are very concerned about what you're building. Most of those 13 telescopes were not even permitted. They didn't have permits. They just went up there and started building them in the 70s and the 80s. I wasn't here. The people that were here, there are newspaper articles. All of that stuff has been brought to the attention of the Hawaii Supreme Court and other uh, lower courts, jurisdictions here. Case after case after case. But they still act like, well, you know, we already got 13 and they already messed up the mountain. So what is TMT going to do? But just, it's already a messed up area. So if we desecrated it once, it's kind of like the old rape thing they talk to women. Well, if she's been raped once, what's it going to matter if she's raped again? You know, and really, I hate to say it, but that's how they look at Tutu. She's already been abused. Abuse her again. What's it gonna? We're gonna see great things. We'll give you some money for this time. We'll we'll pay you for abusing Tutu. Uh, you know. Anyway, so it gets gross. However, we have found that you know they were ignorant of all the facts that we brought to their attention, like um, like mercury spills and things like that. But even though they were ignorant. When we finally showed them, there's no way you can do this without adversely impacting the mountain. Then they play arrogance. Well, we're going to do it anyway. Because the state of Hawaii has given it there. Okay. You've had your time in court. But everybody knows you live in the state of Hawaii. There's one court. There's one party. There's one governor that appoints one deal in our commissioner one uh, uh, Hawaiian Homes Commissioner. There's one legislature, which is all Democrat, that says yes to the one Democratic governor. I mean, really? The people had their stay in court? Whose court? Whose court? This is worse than maybe some of those countries that just want to get involved here, like China. You know, maybe it's one party, one voice. People shut up. And we're always made to think, like, we're always made to be called protesters. They never want to say protectors. They never say the right word. The news, the Channel 9 News, whatever, will say it tonight. The protesters on Mauna Kea, that Hauda guy, I forget his name, he'll say the same thing. Like, you didn't get it yet? You know, and despite all of that against us, we didn't have this. If we had this many people in 1995, this thing would have been done. But we didn't. Because a lot of our people said, ah, as long as, the, you know, the mountain, you know, why, why don't you just leave them alone? And that's, I, we get it, folks. But you got to come up here because they're not going to leave it alone. And, you know, so, so you know, the order of Kamehameha, we were in lawsuits for the people up until 2020, 2011, I believe it was. And then we had a new directive not to support it in that way. We, we came to a new directive some years back, 2015, where we said we will support Aloha Aina. So this is when the young people came out and they were camping alongside the mountain. 
and when they were gambling lungs and, and you know you could just see the fervor in them and um, we're not surprised in the 80s you know we, we, we fought for Hawaiian education we were the ones fighting for education language culture boats canoes started to get built we, we have a Hawaiian language college now you know we have professors in Hawaiian language we had like one professor, maybe two teachers, lucky in 1985. You know, you're a, uh, an example of what we did in the 80s and the 90s. Now, the chicken has come home to roost. And it's not going to be slaughtered. You know, it's, 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 it, it owns the roost. When they came in 2015, the order gathered at Puhuluhulu and under protocol went up to meet the young people to tell them we will support Aloha Aina to the last. Because that's what we were created for. The kingdom exists. You are its subjects. You are trying to take, of, take care of its lands the best you can. And we're going to support that. So when the governor said go ahead and build it, Despite, and they were going to roll up the, 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 the um, bulldozers and all that. We knew it was any day now. A group called Huli, and that's, uh, you know, Kaokai, uh, Kanuha, and, um, and the other two guys. I mean, you know, you, you, you know them, you put their names in. And a lot of other people, not just three leaders. Hawaiians would be foolish to put all our eggs in the basket of one or two. Not good. You know, we think collectively, we act as one. Think, act as one. Even if it's harder, even if it takes longer to decide, do it that way. We've learned that from our own sovereignty experiences. But, you know, uh, so they contacted the Kalaimoku, which is um, Ali, uh, Kalaimoku Ali, uh, Alika Deshe, and he's my... Hi, Chief. He's the second highest in the order and said, we need to move right away. They're coming. And so how can we help? Well, we need to set up a puahonua, a refuge for our people. Should they get hurt, beaten, chased, they can come across the street and we'll have our protection. Now, we're banking on the fact that we know our culture. This is Hawaii. And our culture is supposed to be entwined in the law of the state of Hawaii to be protected. So we made that place over there, Apuonua. And our task is to make sure that it's a, um, a loving place, a place of reconciliation, a place of refuge. Like the Puonua Ohonono, which is a um, traditional one of the past, we're going to make one that work. It's got to work now. It needs to be made. And so we did, and the people came up, and, you know, you only have to just walk in this camp, and you don't see, come here, sign up for my sovereignty group or my sovereignty group. Nobody needs to talk about that. Nobody needs to even talk about why you're here. It's kind of like, um, you know, the spirit of this mauna, which is so sacred because it's the highest mountain in the world, the highest place a human being can stand before our Creator. It is, the, it is the very epitome of what is the Pico, 
of our people. It is our soul. It is our heart. It is our dreams. It is our dreams from the past. It's our dreams today. It's our dreams for tomorrow. She is a signal to the rest of the world that the Hawaiian people still are in Kapu'aloha, still in this attitude that our aloha is not to be taken for granted. It's to be held sacred. And that's what the mountain is for us. It, we cannot back down. It, 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 if we allow this desecration of our highest place of, of um, refuge in the bosom of our own ancestors and story, then we are no more. We are just brown-looking people on these eight islands or so and just waiting for another tourist handout or another government job. Mahalo for sharing all that awesome and in-depth detail on the history and how you guys are connected to this Pu'uhonua. So for the everyday function, are you, you guys, the Royal Order is here every day? Can you um, talk about, I guess, kind of your duties every day? <laughs> well, you know, we wear, we, we might look a little out of place. We wear a black suit uh, with our regalia on, um, our, our ahuula, um, which, we, you know, we can't take to the bathroom with ourselves. You know, we can't take it into a bathroom. It has to only be held by another member of the order. If we want to go eat, we flip the, the, the shoulder because... It, it symbolizes the, the, the status of, of our, our leadership, traditional and customary leadership of the Ali'i. Um, we, we help wherever we can, but we try not to cross the road unless it's in some ceremony. To go to the Kupuna tent across the street to wish people well, we have to take our cape off because that's their kuleana to take care of all of that. And our kuleana is to make sure people are always welcome. They're well fed. They have places to sleep on the Puanua if there's a trouble or something that happens and 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 difficulties happen in the Hawaiian community. Just because we we are in a Lahui does not mean that we we don't err in judgment. We don't say we we don't say the wrong thing or we maybe didn't mean it that way, but the way we said it comes off bad, and then people start. You know, it happens in nations when it's not odd or crazy to happen but we make sure we try to make sure that we can help in resolving those issues as soon as possible so because we need everybody and 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 the more we can think of it that way everyone is of value uh, and you know um being up here you know we dress we go home we see our families we do what we got to do and we're on a regular schedule uh, we were sleeping overnight uh, and sleeping in our cars. Now we're basically um, at certain hours. We don't want to say it because we're always under threat of some kind of action against the people here, which I think would be unfortunate and 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 a very uh, miscalculation, bad miscalculation, because this only symbolizes what's happening throughout Hawaii and the world. So if you think you're going to cap it here. And for 10 years, you're going to build a telescope and we're going to just sit by and watch it happen. It's, you know, go to Spain, 
Go to Spain. You have a place to go. You have people that want you to go there. You need to go. And the state of Hawaii needs to be the better of it. If it wishes to continue having any kind of jurisdiction that it calls jurisdiction here in Hawaii, it should be the first one with lays and love, send it away. If they don't, our people are not going to stop. We can't. It's the same thing I said to, to yesterday to Senator Gabbard. Nice conversation with her. It's the same thing I said to Senator um, uh, uh, Kaheli yesterday. Same thing I said to Governor when I took him up the mountain. This mountain is about prayer. Anything else done up here without prayer, get it off. Mm. And if, if you think they can coexist, no, it cannot coexist. It's a class of cosmology. It's a classic class of cosmology where you're looking to have another narrative as to what is creation when we're saying, here, we know what creation has been from time immemorial. The same thing has been said about major religions and native religions all over the world. Why are you trying to change the narrative so you can create your own God? No, not my God. Hey, oh. Okay, so we're wrapping it up here, but um, how can... Are, is the Royal Order of Kamehameha I, are they on any social media or anything? I feel like now that you guys are more out here in the public every day, people see you over here at the Pu'uhonua, um, Pu'uhuluhulu, like, are you guys, can people connect with you all or, yeah. Yeah, the Royal Order Kamehameha, you can Google it. There, there, There's um, websites and stuff. Sure, we'd like every uh, Kanaka to consider it. But again, what we said what the Royal Order Kamehameha is, you know, we're not parking lot attendants, but we'll help somebody park their car. You know, we're about politics. Mm -hmm. We're not here to save the haka, the hula, the language. We're not here to rewrite history. We're here for the politics. And our Hawaiian people have subjected, been subjected to the worst politics in their history since 1893 to this date. The worst governance that ever could be befall a people. What kind of governance takes over the land and says, we're going to hold it in trust for you and then does whatever it wants to? Wow. Wow. That's more than just stealing it. That's using it and telling it. And in the end, when it's all messed up and desecrated and poisoned, it's our land. Thank you very much. But the Order Kamehameha wants men of good character. Our saying in the Order Kamehameha is a whole kanaka, be a man. I think the male section of the Hawaiian people you know, I, I give a lot of kudos to the women. I think the century is a century of women. You know, they need to set it, stand up and, and move us forward because they just see it in a different way. And most of the Western world and other parts of the world have looked at men to direct them and look at what we've got. The women need to speak up, 
because they have a different way of discerning peace, conflict, resolution, reconciliation, creativity. We need it. And, you know, we are lucky. Our queen, our queen had us men stand down. If we didn't have a woman's wisdom then, we would not be having this conversation today. And we men need to be better men. We need to be good fathers, uncles, grandfathers, brothers, cousins. We need to stop this thing about, you know, the woman is to be used for this or to use for that. No, she's not. We are maternal, our society. It's Mother Earth, boys. It's not Father Earth. You know, we have a job to do, a task to do. So don't try to do both tasks because we'll never be able to do it. So let the women have their hold with us. It's a king and a queen, a queen and a king. Yeah, that's us. Yeah, but if if the you come as a man, a whole Kanaka comes from what we understand when Kamehameha I was dying, the great, the great elephant was gone. He's going to leave. And all his big high chiefs were going, what are we going to do now? The Westerners are here. These crazy people with this new religion are here. They're telling us this. They're telling us that. They're sleeping with our women. They're, they're doing bad trades with us. We're getting sick. What are we going to do, great chief? What are we going to do? And Leo Leo, his son, was at his feet. And he was crying and pulling his feet and, and weeping. They were crying. What are we going to do? And the last words we understand, he said, was, Eho Kanaka, stop it. Be a man. Stop crying. We need to stop crying because we, I think, our men had this occupation thing that we have to live up to our toughness. You know, the policemen right up the hill, all the, they don't know how occupied they are, but they are actually living out that maleness. But see what occupation does. It turned it right around. You know, they are now living out the Marines when actually they should be living out the Queen's wishes and standing firm on the land with their people. That's why I think the state of Hawaii needs to go because it's, um, it's, it's created kind of an occupational scenario we, we, we don't even know how occupied we are until we try to do something. We try to think out of the box. Love it. We try to think out of the box. We try to come up with solutions. We go, who the heck came up with that solution? It's occupation. We need, we're breaking the, the, we're breaking the bonds of occupation. No more. No, you can't do what you said. Oh, the state admissions act, state admission. The state admits in its act that it's taking stolen property from the federal government. The federal government has knows that it took stolen property from the king, from the republic, which had been propped up by the same United States to take stolen property from the provisional government and then right from the queen, right from our own pockets. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. When are we going to deal with the truth? They, it took them 100 years to apologize. 
And then when you tell them about the apology bill, oh, did we do something? Right? How long are the young people supposed to wait? This, this young generation, I give them credit because we felt the same way. But I think the spirit in the air is proper. We're not pointing fingers at each other. We got the enemy down correctly and we got the pro-Kanaka down cor correctly. Finally, mm. finally. I even went to Kamehameha schools. I couldn't believe it. 30 years ago, you couldn't even get through the door. Now they're going, yes, we want this. Why? Because the teachers are our teachers, our kids, that we made teachers. Had they not done that, had we not done that, we would not be as free to think out of the box like this. So kudos on us. It's, it's our chance to do now. We cannot blame once the state falls, and I believe it will fall. I believe it never stood. It really didn't stand. It was a corporate body that the United States had to put here because they wanted military over here without any objection. They already had the lease to Pearl Harbor. They got militarily greedy. They already had that. So do you know what the king wanted? He didn't want you to take Pearl Harbor. He said, you can use this as your coaling station. Bring your fleet in here. No problem. They got greedy. You're just dropping so much knowledge on the listeners right now that I don't know if they can comprehend. But, but yes, I do. All your things are factual and correct. So I hope all of the listeners out there can, you know, listen to him and think of all the gems that he just dropped so that you guys can do some research of your own to see, you know, if it's correct, if it's not correct, I hold you guys to the challenge. But mahalo e ali'i noyao loa ali'i Paul K. Neves for joining us from the Royal Order of Kamehameha I and spending the evening with me out here in Mokuokiawe at Puuhonua o Puuhuluhulu. And... Please follow us on Facebook and on Instagram at Our Native Stories. You can also um, download our application, Native Stories, and listen to us on different podcasts, Native Stories. Thank you for spending your time with us, and stay tuned. Thank you for listening to us on Native Stories. If you have a story you would like us to tell or want to sponsor a future podcast, location story, or walking tour, please email us at info at nativestories.org.